In this episode of Set Square Downloaded. In a nutshell, customers are everything. I think the, the more you get out there, speak to customers, test the market, get you know get their support, get their buying. It will help you with everything you do with your company going forward. Make sure that you really want to do it. Yeah, sort of be careful what you wish for. Okay, so so because being an entrepreneur uh, actually isn't much fun most of the time. If if you're old and be there and done that, become a mentor. You know, help young businesses ask the right questions. You know, help them see through the excitement and uh, and fun, uh, hopefully, of, of what they're doing. Welcome to Set Squared Downloaded. This podcast is part of a series for the Set Squared Surrey's Digital Business Acceleration Hub (ERDF) program. Set Squared Surrey is part of the University of Surrey. In this brand new episode, we will look at the challenges startups and entrepreneurs face when trying to secure investment. We will answer questions like, "What makes a good business proposition?" And what makes a company investable? Plus, we'll look at advice on gaining investment and support from Jerry Horwood, chair of S100 Club and angel investor. The reasons Andre's company Bots and Us have had several successful investment rounds, and also find out the support a startup or entrepreneur can get when we speak to Gary Smith at Set Squared, whether it's help researching your idea or advice on pitching. Stephen, oh, Lord Trigger, I, no, no, I'm not. I won't be the I, next I, project manager. Or do no, the no, next thing, John. You're not going to be the next project manager because I think you are a lost cause in this process. Stephen, you're fired. You invested in Uber at a what, three billion dollar valuation. Yeah. Now it's valued at sixty-two and a half billion dollars. Tesla's not in, not in my wheelhouse, but uh, I wouldn't go a, uh, near it with a ten-foot pole. Sarah, you're fired. When you speak about investment, it's hard not to picture Lord Alan Sugar's boardroom and the unpleasantness that seems to come across on The Apprentice TV show. However, when I spoke to Jerry Horwood, an angel investor who has been involved with some absolutely huge companies, it was almost the opposite to Lord Sugar's demeanour, and he was happy to give us some advice on gaining investment. Well, I'm uh, probably fairly uh, uh, broad in, in my history, if you like. I'm an entrepreneur. Uh, I've built several companies of my own over the past 30 or so years. Prior to that, I was uh, in uh, marketing in the car industry, worked for Volvo and BMW, um, and uh, have probably quite a broad range of uh, of entrepreneurial experiences. But I've become a bit more of an investor these days and, and a business mentor. But uh, I still take an active role in uh, in a number of uh, small and uh, and growing companies. So. Entrepreneur and investor, I suppose, is the best uh, title. Jerry, what sorts of companies have you invested in and, and why did you invest in them? I probably own about, we, we talk about owning, you don't necessarily own them all, but you, you do own shares in them, probably about 20 or so uh, businesses. Uh, they're virtually all uh, internet or digital companies, one way, shape or form. Are there any patterns across the companies you have invested in? Any traits that are the same across the board? Well, it's a very, very big question. It's, uh, I suppose you can, you can cut it down into a number of ways. One, I've got to understand what they do. Uh, it's all very well me being a potential consumer of a product or something that sounds like it might be a good idea. But unless I've got some sort of background into really understanding them, it's quite difficult for me to judge them. So fairly naturally, I'll tend to gravitate towards digital uh, businesses. And uh, so I, I'm pretty good now at uh, uh, being able to filter through uh, those types of businesses. 
So in terms of what appeals to me in a company, I've, I've got to understand it. I've got to trust the management. I've got to under, believe that they understand a hell of a lot more about it than I do and that they've got good background skills, that they've got uh, industry experience uh, in the markets that they're planning to launch, uh, that they've got a certain amount of traction, that they've done their research, that they've got realistic plans and a whole host of other uh, checkpoints and um, uh, and factors that uh, make me put my hand in my pocket and say, okay, I want to be part of this. Um, basically, it's it's got to be exciting. Um, you know, the only reason you invest in a business because you think it's going to get very large. You think it's going to become very profitable. It's it, there's no point investing ten, twenty, fifty thousand, or whatever, in in a business uh, to get a return of uh, of twice your money or or uh, or twenty percent of of your money. You, if you want to do that, you go on the stock market or you buy bonds or you you you, you take a less less a less risky attitude towards it now these are businesses that are going to at least multiply your money if they're successful if they can deliver 10 20 50 fold uh, so they have to have international or certainly national objectives uh, they have to be disruptive i don't like that word particularly but but it, it does characterize businesses that can can push competitors out of the way that can break uh, domination from existing uh, corporations and that sort of thing um, they've got to obviously solve a need. They've got to be proven to be able to deliver uh, resolutions for those needs and so forth. And their timing has to be right. It's, it's been proven time and time again that one of the biggest factors in the success of any, any business, uh, uh, particularly ones in uh, startup mode that are trying to break into a marketplace with something new, is that they have to get their timing right. Uh, Google wasn't the first search engine. Amazon wasn't the first online retailer. eBay wasn't the first auction site. I could go on and on and on. So it, 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 there's many, many factors. And the more you know about the markets and the more you understand the pitfalls and dangers of, uh, of small companies and startups in particular, uh, the better you're able to judge which ones are likely to fly and unfortunately which ones are uh, likely to crash and burn. So we're getting into your top secrets now, but what would be the top piece of advice you could give for startups looking for investment? Wow, uh, great question. No, number one is prove the market exists. I write a little blog post, and one of the things that uh, I write about is the difference between like and need. It's all very well coming up with something that people you know, put their thumbs up to and say, yeah, that's good, that, I like that and whatever. But converting that into a sale is a very different game. Um, and if you can prove that there is sales traction for your idea, or there actually are customers who want it, who are pleading you to invent it, who love the uh, the pilot uh, or your uh, prototype, uh, and you can demonstrate that there is real uh, sales potential, that's absolutely number one. I, I don't care about anything else uh, yet to do with how you structured your company, what great people you've got surrounding you. Um, what uh, uh, technology you, you've exploited to use it, what lovely logo you've designed, all the rest of it, they, they'll come in time. You, you'll have to obviously build a fantastic team around you and all the rest of it. But what you've got to prove, first and foremost, is that the market really wants what it is that you want to try and sell. You know, business is only about one thing, just one thing. It's about selling. And un unless you can prove to the uh, potential investors that you have something that will generate momentum of sales, 
um, obviously at a profit one would uh, one would hope and you have to demonstrate how how that will be uh, possible as well uh, then you can put everything else around it you know the team to support that the uh, the finances are going to make it happen the uh, marketing propositions the support, sales support uh, once you've sold these things what are you going to need to do and so on and so forth but fundamentally right at the very heart of it is great research and that comes there, there's no shortcut to it you've got to get out there personally and find the customers talk to the marketplace understand yeah, as deeply as you possibly can what they need not what they like or what they might want but what they need and uh, and provide evidence of that to potential investors then you've got to become uh, credible um, and the credibility comes from you as a as a person your enthusiasm your passion your um, understanding of the constraints of your business uh, and of yourself so practical understanding about what you have to achieve no uh, presentation of hockey stick growth we all we're not stupid it never happens it's got to be practical it's got to be measured it's got to be conservative it's also got to be exciting so we want to see um, clear messages clearly presented we don't want to see waffle we certainly don't want to see detail um, what we want to see is uh, uh, very compelling arguments as to why people are going to buy this and how you're going to put it in front of them and um, uh, what channels you're going to use to get it to market and how you're going to sustain that market and then where you see it fit into the long-term landscape. So what the potential trade exits might be, uh, assuming it's a trade exit, not an IPO and so, so for, for that exit. And um, who are the people around you? What expertise uh, are you going to be able to call on to make this happen? And why are they credible? What uh, experiences have they had? So it's, it's about credibility, but most of all, it's about proving sales potential. Um, so the other side of the game, and this is where my background in, in the digital world is, uh, is useful, is in getting people to recognize the absolute importance of what we call the MVP, the minimum viable product. Software is incredibly easy to develop. Uh, it, it, when I first started in the game, it was very, very um, backroom, uh, very specialized very expensive, very difficult, because you just didn't have the tools, you didn't have the environment, so there's no such thing as Amazon Web Services or whatever, you couldn't rent service, service. you had to build everything from scratch, you had to code, uh, and all sorts of really clever stuff, and it took a long time, and, uh, and there was a limit to what you could generate. Now, there are no barriers to entry, you know, there are a million outworkers there who, are, who can build you an app in a couple of days, the problem is knowing when to stop developing. There's a simple rule, and that basically says, do less, not more, and prove that people want to use that minimized product. If you find yourself having to say, well, if only it could do this, we will be able to sell more of them. Or if only it could do this, this, and this, then we're going to be better than our competitor. You're starting from the wrong principle. You're just ending up throwing more and more money at development, you're delaying longer and longer and longer the time to prove it, what you've lost is the core rationale for why you should exist at all. Why does somebody, that there has to be one small, one feature, one thing that your, your digital product can do that 
is disruptive, that, that breaks the mold, that is instantly solving problems for people they couldn't do before. So never invent something big, always invent something tiny, which absolutely cuts to the core of something that does it better than anyone did it before. So that's the secrets of an angel investor, if you like. And it's great to see things through the eyes of one of the teams of people that you might have to pitch to one day. But what about the view of a company that has been through successful funding rounds with the help of SetSquared quite recently? Um, so my name is Andre Danescu. I'm the CEO and co-founder of Bots and Us, um, robotics and AI company from London. Um, we are revolutionizing the way companies engage and interact with their customers. The way we're doing this is by blending the online and offline. So we bring the, the power of artificial intelligence through interactive robotics uh, into, into retailers through customer service. We're one of the, the few companies globally that are uh, focusing on customer-facing service robots. So that's what prompted us to bring to market our robot assistant. And, um, and Bo is, is a fully, uh, fully autonomous robot, which has the capability of, of collecting data and bringing the insights and the, the analysis capabilities to, to enable retailers and hospitality to understand their customers. And why do you think you and Bots and Us were successful in your investment rounds? I think it was um, it was a lucky lucky combination of uh, of things really. Um, so we we had very good success with the two grants um, with the two grants we've applied for. So the Innovate UK came um, came at exactly the right time. We were one of the first um, first cohort focusing on um, robotics and AI exclusively. So that fit our um, our company very well. And one of the other things we brought um, brought to the table on top of just um, going for the research side of things was the commercial traction. And I think this is the overall direction with grants now, especially for SMEs. You have to really um, bring this commercial element into your applications and show them, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be using the taxpayer's money and I'm going to be researching this, uh, this concept and this innovation. How will this impact? Um, the broader society and how do you take this to market? How do you actually make an impact into people's day-to-day um, -day lives? So for us, that was probably one of the, the unfair advantages. We, we started speaking to customers uh, as soon as we had an MVP, as soon as we had uh, even some sketches. And that's, again, one of the, one of the things uh, SetSquare uh, support and, and always advise is just start engaging with customers as soon as you can present something meaningful to them. What have you learned from the process of gaining investment and going through the different rounds and, and the pitching that you've done? To be honest, I think that the biggest, uh, one, of, one of the biggest things you, you realize as you go into it, um, you, you, it's, it's like, like the mastery of any skill. You have to go out there and do it. You can read as many books as you want. You know, you can read the press and everything else until you go out there, until you start pitching to investors, until you start engaging in these conversations. It's it's a to totally different ball game. It's, it's like learning to play a sport just by watching someone else. It doesn't work. So you have to you have to really get your stuff, um, your presentation material, everything you have in order, and go out and start start engaging with investors. And I think the the, the big learning curve for us it was that the things are not what, what what they seem in the news, more or less. So we you look at all these things that happen in the states, yeah. I mean, Silicon Valley is, is at the end of the day one of the holy grails of startups, yeah. Um, and you you see these massive investment rounds, and you see these massive numbers going out there, and and just it doesn't happen like that. So things things never happen like that. And when you you start actually talking to those entrepreneurs and those in, um, those guys that raise the investment rounds, you realize that there's a lot more steps they've taken 
to get to that point in time, but no one speaks about that because it's, it's always funny how, how long overnight success takes, isn't it? <laughs> Go and check out Bo, their amazing customer service bot. It's incredible that we may be being sold something like a hi-fi in store by one of their little robots soon. We've heard from an investor and we've heard from an investee, if you like. However, the money is just a part of the sort of help you can get when you look to grow your company. Mentorship is a massive part of partnering and gaining investment. We spoke to Gary Smith. My name is Gary Smith. I'm hub manager for Zsword. Gary thinks there are some key areas that startups need help with. Most startups that we see, uh, so on the the uh, digital business acceleration hub program, um, last year we uh, trained over 200 startups. Um, one of the things that you see out of the back of this is that many people come to the program with the idea that they've um, got a problem that everyone's going to have. So they, they want to uh, solve a big problem in people's lives. And they can make money out of this. The big issue is, is that uh, in many situations, they really haven't thought through whether that problem is a real problem or not. And whether people um, are willing to pay to have that problem taken away in sufficient numbers that will justify building a business around it, mm. and so, so that's probably the biggest the biggest reason why companies need support is to get investment. Is first of all to figure out is the problem they're trying to solve a problem worth solving. These are problems that startups and entrepreneurs have as they prepare for even asking for investment. The next stage is pitching to an investor or a panel of investors. Gary, what advice can you give for pitching to a panel? Yeah, a pitching event is a really strange thing. You know, so the average pitching event is five minutes to ten minutes long. Mm. So firstly, um, before you write your presentation, um, assuming you've got your business plan more or less right, find out whether how long the pitch is for. Because your presentation the content of your presentation will, will change dramatically if you have five minutes or if you have 10 minutes. But the most important thing is to not try to include absolutely every detail about your business in your pitch. The most important thing is to be memorable. Now, you've got to think. So if you're an investor and you're sitting in, a, in an audience and you're listening to a series of 10 pitches in one evening and you've seen one, that was interesting, you may have taken a couple of notes. You then seen three or four. By number five or number six, they're all beginning to merge into being one big presentation. Can you remember which one was number two? No, you can't. So you've got to remember that, that when you're doing the pitch, no one will invest, well, very, very rarely, does anyone invest on the basis of your pitch? Uh, they simply won't. There won't be enough detail for them. So you know that to go up and raise money through uh, these investors, they're going to want to have a chat with you in detail after your pitch. So the whole point of the pitch is not to persuade someone to invest in you. The whole point of your pitch is making sure they come and ask you more questions and make sure they understand who you are and uh, why they should invest. And the key to, to understanding investment for very early stage businesses when they're startups is as an investor you have no facts to go on there's no trading history for the business mm -hmm. the only thing they can really look at is you so they're not investing in your business per se 
because it doesn't exist. We're investing in you and you and your, fa- your, your team, your founding team. So uh, the more that they can see of you and how you are, the better. And then um, post pitch, remember that's when the deal's done. Gary went on to tell us that it's all about the people when you're looking at your first round of investment, and here's why. I, I give an example, and I use this to, you know, as, as part of a, a program we run for early stage businesses. So, okay, so imagine you're, a, you're an investor, you turn up to a pitching event, and one of the guys pitching um, has a really crazy, crazy idea. The idea is, is that, is to build a, a new business which is just like Marks and Spencer's luxury pre- pre-made foods, but do it in a low-cost way, just like little. And um, and the reality is, is that when you ask people in the audience, so who do you think you know, who thinks that's a really good business idea? Very few people put their hands up. Nearly no one. If I then say to you, okay, so, but if I then tell you that the person who's pitching this is currently the managing director of Marks and Spencer's luxury foods. How does that change the pitch? Mm. Who would then invest? Mm. That transforms, and that's the point. Mm. So, so uh, whether you raise money or not, it's all about, in this early stage, it's all about you, your passion, your background, your understanding, your credibility. You, not it. It's not the company yet, it's you. And I think that's the, uh, the, the thing to, to pull out of all. We've heard from all ends of the spectrum when it comes to getting your startup or entrepreneur business ready for investment. There's no one answer or one size fits all for getting investment. One thing everyone on the show has been in agreement with, though, is asking for help is key. SetSquared is an amazing resource for every stage of that help. Get get involved with an incubator. I mean, SetSquared are an incredible network of, of, uh, of incubators attached to universities. You don't have to have emerged from the incubator, uh, from the universities to take advantage of these uh, these places. They're spaces, they are uh, supply services, and they are people. They're really experienced people who've been there, seen that, done that. SetSquared is, is the partnership of five universities in the south of England. That's Surrey, Southampton, Bath, Exeter, and Bristol. Um, each one of the centres has an incubation centre, um, and SetSquared runs a... Uh, a series of mentoring and support programs across all those five centers. So um, SetSquare run a very good program for entrepreneurs um, based on uh, some of the concepts from the Start With Why from Simon Sinek's book. Um, so that's how we met them first. And it was the first um, the first stepping stone towards, towards getting to, to investors. Because it's not just meeting them, it's, it's presenting the right concept and, and telling the right story. So the way we worked with SetSquare, they, they would supported us along the, the right, not just in, in terms of making introductions or um, presenting us to different VCs, but primarily um, helping us clarify our strategy, um, you know, perfecting the, the financial forecast and financial modeling we've, uh, we've had, helping us with our pitch deck and the way it has to be presented to investors. Um, all this to, to be able to share our vision better and um, to, be, to be able to, to get you know, the right message across. Thank you to everyone we have spoken to on this episode. To find out more about the S100 Club and the excellent work Jerry is doing, 
go to s100.co.uk. That's s100.co.uk. To have a look at Bo and the brilliant work Andre's team are doing, go to botsandus.com. That's all spelled out, botsandus.com. And for more information on how SetSquared and Gary's team can help you, head over to setsquared.co.uk. To stay up to date with the programmes we offer, follow us on Twitter too, at SetSquared. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts from so that you never miss an episode. Thanks for listening to Set Squared Downloaded.